So this is this is my first podcast which I am leading. I've appeared in two so three so far actually, which I'll name later. But this is the intro to the Tricky First podcast. And who better to have as a as a guest than a hard nosed veteran, also known as Matt Gash. How How's, are you? Uh I'm alright, I'm alright. A little, little bit nervous, a little bit nervous. But I'm very glad that I'm not by myself because yeah. it was far more daunting to think that I could talk for 20, 30 minutes to just myself. Mm-hmm. But now we can have conversations and I think I think we'll have some good ones today. Yeah, you'll you'll start to learn a lot about uh, your own psyche, I think, if you start to do it by yourself and just e- talking to yeah. the air. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So um, I could start this in one of two ways. Um, I think what I'm going to start with, though, is naming it okay yeah so when i was speaking to people about this they're like oh this is good that's right in your lane this is something you can really do and they say what's it called and i'm like ah, i don't really know like i know the concept which i'm about to share yeah and you know i'll tell you the concept i'll tell you the name that my cousin suggested first yeah okay so if this works thank me if it doesn't blame him yeah okay? so my cousin said why don't we call it kicking it because the concept is going to be one whereby we talk about sports and we talk about music. So kicking it, like kicking a soccer ball, football, whatever you want right. to call it, but kicking back and talking about bigger concepts, if you know what I mean. I don't dislike it. Okay, see, I was just saying. But I feel, like, I feel like with our combined powers, we can come up with something. Okay, okay, right. So we'll, we'll put that one on ice or yeah. just lightly pencil it in. Yeah. Probably to be erased at some point, but we'll just lightly pencil it in. So let me get to it now, okay? So I was on your podcast, your podcast. Yeah. And by the end of it, because the content was so good, you guys decided that you know <laughs> you need to give me a mic and let me run it myself. Yeah. Uh, what they need, what they really decided was they needed that podcast, but with less of me. Yeah, essentially. So <laughs> we're, we're basically trying to marginalize you. We're trying to yeah. get you out of here, but whatever. So with that, uh, we spent a bit of time thinking about what to do and what to speak about. And for me as a person, I have two main passions: this playing football. Mm. and there's music I would never say I'm an expert in either just because the way that football works what goes on in your world as in say for example um, at the training ground at RSL isn't necessarily what's going on at the other 23 places yeah. so I'd never say this is happening that's happening because the fact is you don't know and it's the same for music like I know a lot about music based on what I listen to but I don't know it all because there's just so much of it so with this podcast going forward I'd like to be able to talk about both and eradicate that whole concept of an expert, because for me, it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really exist. But what I want to do is share my insight into both and gain insight from others like mm-hmm. yourself, because I know you're into certain funny things which I'm not particularly into. <laughs> and you that know, sounded really derogatory, well, but well, I understand. Well, as long as you take it, that's fine. Um, so yeah, with that, as I say, I'll. I, one of my favorite podcasts is the Joe Budden, Joe Budden podcast. And the reason I really like it is because it's almost like water cooler commentary. You've got three guys that are talking about whatever they're talking about. And they're each adding their own bit of something into the topics. But in a way whereby they're just having a conversation the same way you would do if you were just like, if we're just talking now. Right. And I think with that, if you find the right guess, then I think people will be more honest because they're more relaxed. And it's not questions which well whereby you know there's one set answer because unfortunately i don't think a lot of people know this but in terms of media you being the hard-nosed veteran of the media game when people 20 years exactly exactly when people ask you certain questions 
unfortunately you get led down to a path where you've only got certain answers if you don't want to cause controversy right and it's not really a game of controversy but i'm going to try and learn more about people including myself by talking about something a bit different and if you really pay attention i think it'll tell a story so with that being said are you ready for the very first topic on this podcast with no name absolutely right i want to know for you yeah and i'll tell my side as well but i want to know for you what does a day in a life sound like to you musically Especially in fact, musically. If I, if I forget all that tell me tell me or not don't tell me tell the listeners what you do first and then tell me about music and what it means to you on a day-to-day side basis so uh professionally i am the pr director for real salt lake which means i handle all of the media uh whether you're seeing it on tv hearing it on the radio uh seeing it in newspaper on online anywhere uh usually i've uh got my thumbprint on that somewhere along the way okay um usually so you so like i said you are the hard-nosed veteran of the media game yeah and uh and i got into that originally i at 17 years old i started writing for newspapers uh they used to be printed on newspapers papers like, yeah. know, what's a newspaper they but still yeah. have those somewhere <laughs> um and then spent seven years in radio kind of in tandem with writing for newspapers and then I got hired by the Seattle Sounders to write for their website, and then uh, five years ago got hired by Real Salt Lake to run PR for them. So okay. uh, that's how I ended up here. Anyhow. Okay. Um, so, so maybe I need to ask a question differently. Uh-huh. So the way that my day works is I drive to work, I listen to something. I get right. to work, I listen to something. Yeah. I drive away, I listen to something else. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So how does that work for you? For me, uh, driving to work usually involves either Bruce Springsteen or Oasis. Every day, guaranteed. Just about every day, yeah. Sometimes I'll have something else come into my head, um, and it'll be a song, and sometimes I'll listen to the same song on repeat for whatever reason. Like, if there's like a... I kind of get stuck on concepts within songs. Okay. Word, phrases, things like that. Um... I'll listen to a same 30-second chunk of a song two or three times in a row because okay. I like the way um, words, just how words, um, I like wordplay. Okay. And so there's certain phrases or ways a song is sung or a, a, a rhythm to something or whatever that I just really like, and I'll listen to it again and again. Um, a lot of times my day involves driving from one place to another several times. So you'll listen to the same song I'll for the whole to, day? Not the whole day, no. Usually just because the drive to work is usually relatively short. Um, but then throughout the day, um, I've been back on a Pearl Jam kick again lately. Oh. And that was kind of the, uh, that was, I would say, the first band that I would say kind of, how do I put it? I guess... Um, when I was, it, it sounds weird because I was, you know, 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old when I first started listening to Pearl Jam. And the uh, the words to the songs and, and the kind of anger in them and the, you know, emotion of it. Uh, it was it was as if it was as if they took this the thoughts in the back of a my of my mind okay. and put them more eloquently than i could myself this is a really deep connection you're sharing here. yeah yeah it's really deep yeah and so uh you know from when i was that age that was kind of that that kind of became the soundtrack to my life is like 
their music. That's really interesting, actually. So one of the questions I was going to ask you later was yeah. talk to me about yourself, but through music. Right. But you're kind of revealing yourself now. Yeah. And do you know, we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll get back okay. to it. But let me uh, let me share with the listeners, and I think you get this anyway, because yeah. you know, we work together. But a day in the life of someone like me. So I've got a 32-minute drive to work, roughly. <laughs> roughly. Um, Mine I don't measure in time. It's in songs. Well, it's yeah. three songs, roughly. So. Yeah, mine is very sp- <laughs> So I like to listen to podcasts on the way into work. Mm-hmm. Then when I get to work, um, work being the training ground. Right. Before anyone starts thinking, actually, like, work, work. Obviously, I don't work. <laughs> but anyway, um, when you get to the training ground, you go into the gym and stuff like this, and... The one thing I've realized over the years is there's nothing scarier to a professional footballer, soccer player, whatever, than silence when you're working yeah. or silence in a space. It's really, really strange. So if you're in the gym and you hear nothing, everyone feels uncomfortable Yeah. to the point whereby you will take anything playing over silence. Yeah. Even if you're not into, say, like Eric Holt, one of our players here, he's really into Metallica. And yeah. I, I, like, I like Metallica. Yeah. Not to the point where I choose to listen to Metallica. But you walk into the train exclusively, ground, yes, yeah. and that energy is like through the roof. Not just like Enter Sandman and things like this, but yeah. it's really loud, really aggressive. But I'd rather you played that than you turned it off. Yeah, and that's the same. Um, that's the same on game days. And on any game day, any game day, you're in the locker room for maybe an hour before the match, and if there's silence, it's like this eerie feeling, like something bad's about to happen. Right. And I don't know if that's just because you're always used to it, or you know. Music, it sort of takes the edge away, doesn't it? Yeah. Like especially as a player, you've got so much nervous energy sometimes going into games mm-hmm. and the countdown, you just want to get out there and do it. But then music's a great way to pass time. Yeah. But well, also think about like a movie, right? Yeah. If if it's two people having, you know, a, a, a serious moment yeah, and there's music playing, it can kind of set the tone for it. Yeah. If there's no music playing and it's just two people sitting in silence, something bad's about to happen. Yeah, you need to leave the theater straight right? away. Right. <laughs> Hundred um, percent. Something I've noticed actually. So I've only I've only been playing in, in America since September. Yeah. But culturally, there's a big difference between the music here before games and the music back in England. And I don't know if it's. Can you maybe you can shed some insight into why right. this is the case? Back in England, overall, especially from when I first started playing, when I first started watching games in the like mid '90s, it's all about rock. Rock is a big thing. That's yeah. the music that will be playing on the TV channels before the games. That's music that's playing at the stadium. Right. That's even when I was first coming through, two thousand and four. That was all the music that we getting played in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like um, Arctic Monkeys and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But then as I got older, it started to change and was go more towards hip hop. But over here, it's almost like exclusively hip hop. Has that always been the culture with soccer, or is it just something that happens because it's the same in other sports? I'm trying to think. Um, in just thinking of in like in stadiums before games I feel like it's about 50-50. You think so, yeah? Yeah, there's a a large chunk that'll play um kind of I don't want to say pop, but you know, well, 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 whatever's hot hot at the time okay. in terms of um most I would say hip hop. Okay. Um and then there's another large chunk where you're going to hear Welcome to the Jungle and you're going to hear, um, you know, uh, kind of the old arena rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, 
that I could pick out when you're going to Chicago, you're going to hear this. Or when you're going to Vancouver, you're going to hear this. Like it's bizarre because you'd think you'd be able to kind of culturally based on the city or the team or whatever, be able to figure it out. But it doesn't seem like there's a rhyme or reason to it other than I know in Seattle, they play mostly Seattle based bands. Okay. Could, I need you to remember one thing, or yeah. remember to ask one thing, or answer one question, which I'm not going to say yet. Okay. But what actually? What is pop? Yeah. Don't answer yet, though. Okay. Don't answer yet, because there's something which I haven't said yet, which is why I want to do this podcast. So my history with music, within sport, is one whereby when I was younger, um, from probably the age of eleven, twelve. I used to do all the illegal downloads. Oh yeah, this was before, like the internet was like a legit thing to go onto. You know right. what I mean? Where I'd, oh, there's a new song that's coming out, and it's going to take me three days to download it. Yeah, I was part of that generation, right? Which then led to the Napster and, and all that. I wish before I had Napster. That. I, before I wish that. I had Napster. I was more like LimeWire and yeah, Kazaa, right. things like this. Um, so I'd be I'd, I started to grow my library at that point. I was also buying mixtapes for like three three mixtapes for like 20 pounds or whatever, mm-hmm. which is like I don't know, $23 or something. So I grew my library to the point whereby on my laptop, I probably had somewhere between 20 and 30,000 songs. So I was also in charge of music in the locker room. Okay. And people tended to like the music that I played because I, like, unlike some other people, which who will remain nameless for now, uh-huh. I would always look at the crowd and think, what are they going to like? So I like to mix it up. It's like, it's very awkward sometimes when within football, there's a sheet that goes around and says, right, everyone pick one song and then we'll put this song into a playlist and whatever. Because it's just like, who can pick just one song? Right. And will it ever be your turn if you've got a 20 track playlist for yeah. like an hour before a game? And, and how many of those songs are going to be totally contradictory to like exactly. three other guys' songs? Exactly. On there, right? And, you know, I think as the podcast progresses, we'll talk about how it's very awkward to almost be the person where someone asks what do you listen to yeah most people say everything right when clearly they don't but yeah that's music shaming it's not great um so i used to have had all that music so people would buy ipods give them to me and say just put all your music on oh cool so, so i provided music with probably 50 to 60 percent of all my teammates from the age of 14 through to about 24 wow i used to be burning the cds making the mini discs yeah i said mini disc yeah Creating, I remember those, yeah. creating all that stuff, and it's because I, like I loved it. I, I had such um, it had to that kind of had to fit with more like the hip hop side of me at that moment, mm-hmm. but I was still very much into my rock and roll and all that stuff because I was in a band for a short period of time. I was playing bass guitar and all that, but then I still had the cultural side of it whereby I was into the more hip hop type things. So I had that whole spectrum of music, and I loved it, and I still love it now. Like for me, it doesn't really matter what the genre is. If he gets me going, he gets me going. And I think as someone who played an instrument, being in a room and seeing people create things helps me appreciate the other genres more because I know the stuff that would have to go through to get that. And when they can create something which is essentially a work of art and so unique, like it's got my attention all day long. Whereas more so within the hip hop uh, world, you'd have like the drum machines and the NPCs and right. all that stuff, which is that's a skill in itself, right. but very different from the live music recording yeah. side. But I was all for that anyway. So like, as I say, my place within music and the teams that I played for, as most people would probably say, it was it was pretty significant. I was always the guy in the locker room. What happened the first time someone asked you that? To to Just give me give me all give me all those songs. I was I like, um, it's, so I, I'm one of those people. Like, there's certain things 
I want to do certain things I don't want to do. But if I don't think of a valid reason to not do something, right, and it's not really going to affect me, then I'll just do it. I found it harder when someone would. So I, you needed at the time one of those 160 gig um, iPods to do it. Someone would say, "Oh, here's a 32 gig iPod. Can you put some music on for me?" And I'm like, "But I've got 160 gigs worth of music here." Right. And I'm like, ah, "This is gonna take me some time." So then I have to think about what they're into, uh-huh. narrow down playlists, reduce tracks. I'm like, "This is like I'm getting no actual benefit from this right. whatsoever." But then I thought, "Well, I have time and I have the music." Even though, as I say, most of the stuff was not not most of the stuff. A lot of the stuff was illegal downloading. Mm-hmm. But then at that stage, this is when like the iTunes. Um, thing was like kicking on so I spent a lot of money on music as well yeah which is an interesting segue because now my next question to you is do you think music's better now Ooh. I don't Ooh, tell me why tell me why and and you could make the same argument for why I think it's not for why it is okay seems a good argument then because I think there's it's everything is so instantaneous now mm-hmm. i feel like there's less um there's less put into it maybe less th- not necessarily less thought but less um uh, less time perfecting it mm-hmm. maybe because uh you know if because things are so instantaneous if if this thing that I'm doing right now is, doesn't work, well, I just I'll, I'll just wait, and the next one, mm-hmm. the next song that I put out, that one will work. And, and this makes me sound super old. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's going to be the thing that makes you sound old. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's that's a brilliant point. Yeah. Um, but I just think there's something to that of, um, and I don't know that any song is ever perfect the exact way it's supposed to be. Because then what do you do with it when you're playing it live? So do you think when they were recording back then, they were recording to try and make it to number one in the charts or just to create a good product? I, I think there is a lot in uh, in both categories. Mm. I have an interesting take on this in terms of is it better? It's kind right. of like with a lot of things in society as such. I think it's better that things are more available. The way, right. that, the way that I used to gather music, especially like when the internet was like, slower than you trying to run yeah. a bill or whatever you know that that was hard but then also with that increase in availability i think there has been an overall drop in quality yeah because it doesn't need to be a good song for it to do well yeah and that is essentially hindering the product but then i still think you find those exceptional artists like you did do from back then right so the number of those guys probably hasn't changed but there are more That's people readily making music now and it doesn't need to be a good song for it to be a hit. Like, right. And people are chasing hits. Like in this room now, if we tap the table right and get the, the mic just right, we could maybe create something that could go viral and go number one. You know what I mean? Right. And that's I mean, a, Rebecca Black Friday well, was, was popular that's, that's, for a minute. That's, that was that's not many, a good song. That's one of many, yes. And it's, right? a, it's a different audience, but that availability is probably a good thing. Yeah. But then it's no surprise to me then that, say with those songs like that rebecca black one yeah they're like the hottest thing on the earth like for a small period of time right and they can make the money and all this stuff but then six months later or a year later you'll never even hit play on it if it's the last song yeah. on the earth you'll never hit play on it but then the best product uh, best projects that i've heard 
ever since say streaming's become a bigger thing mm-hmm. i'll still go back to those now oh yeah there's certain things which i listen to now which are hot for now like the sounds of um say within rap little uzi verts and navs and all this stuff the stuff which i hear in the locker room from sebastian Salcedo and stuff like this yeah. or to a certain extent aaron herrera it's the stuff which is hot for now but i guarantee you in a year's time we'll not be listening to it yeah like not even a chance i won't even click on it one right. time whereas where they won't even remember the name of it yeah like they might not even know the name of the song yeah now. but it's so relevant for right, right now and especially i think now in this era because everything's more accessible more people more accessible we can speak to somebody on the other side of the earth in real time right now yeah so with that being said the pack moves together to some of the craziest things but it's very easy to be a part of it right in the same way like we could sound like real old men here but say things like on social media where you can see how many likes something's had yeah and then how the way an algorithm might mean that because something's been liked that many times it gets seen by, seen by more people right but at no point is there a like a seal on what the quality needs to be to achieve that right all it needs is yeah the likes. people people liking it and right. that's that's how the world essentially works now yeah but it's just a shame then that in this area where you need like a million streams to basically count for maybe like ten thousand actual record sales right the quality of your product doesn't really matter it's just you're, is, you're not wrong is it gonna is it gonna be big and oh it's a tough one, but I, th- I like the way things are more available now. And I do like that. Yeah, I, d- I do like, but but there's also, I, I you know I'm old school enough that I remember uh, I didn't I never did this myself, but I had a friend do it for me. Was you know wait at the record store for yes. midnight when a record would be available for the first time. Yes, yes, those were those were good. Times. That I mean that was there's there's a I don't know there's something to that that makes it more. Uh, fulfilling yeah fulfilling is the right word <laughs> well then you counter that so you obviously you're into your records now yeah I mean, you must have been when you're younger but you're into them a lot yeah. now so i was into owning cds burning cds onto my computer all this stuff my itunes library was enormous and i paid for maybe half of it mm-hmm. i had hundreds of cds i used to have that like cd case the, the flip wallet. thing yeah. yeah like i was stacked i had everything streaming comes along i've now got that plus more for a smaller fee now my library on itunes becomes redundant mm-hmm. and my cds become a waste obsolete like someone if i was to be out on the street now and someone said here's my mixtape like they used to yeah i wouldn't even know where to play it you're right that's the that's that's the area that we're in right yeah. now and like that's crazy it doesn't feel like it was that long ago when right. all this other stuff mattered but then i suppose this younger generation you know they, they have access to whatever they want as and when they want this classic album oh yeah it's just yeah it's just let me just i'll just download that yeah just like that whereas for us even if, if you went to a, so we used to go to hmvs and things like this which mm-hmm. is a big um, music store back home and if you went in there and the cd wasn't there you gotta, listen, you gotta yeah you're done yeah. you gotta go and try and find it somewhere else like sold out was sold out yeah but i don't remember last time Unless I you knew a guy that had it stored yes exactly exactly but yeah i don't it's so it's so hard to not sound like a grumpy old man but <laughs> like i think we fit well not necessarily you because you're a bit older but i fit anyway in this little pocket so it's a great pocket where i've done the mini disc i've done stuff like that but i can still stream mm-hmm. i can broadcast something on spotify now and it won't look crazy if i was like 50 and i was uh-huh. on spotify doing that i'd look weird <laughs> as hell 
but for now it's still acceptable because I feel like my generation and the older ones kind of like yourself help help develop <laughs> how the, old do you think I am <laughs> I don't know I really really don't know I don't, really, don't think I want to today is my birthday how old do you think I am today oh so first happy birthday thank you and I'm gonna say that you are 39 38 <sighs> sorry. Close. Sorry, sorry, you, sorry, sorry I added too much tax but um <laughs> with um I've, I've lost my train of thought sorry what were we talking about how old I am <laughs> oh no sorry yeah, that's it that's it that's it so so I can do all those things, but I feel like you're part of the generation and just the, like the bottom end of it yeah. who helped develop those things. Yeah. So you're not seen as like a crazy person. So whereas some people might see their grandma trying to send them a message, like, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Like, how oh, can you do that? Like, I can send an emoji. I can do whatever. And it's not con- considered weird. Yeah. Even though I'm not, but this isn't going to last forever because I'm, I'm noticing I'm starting to become more and more obsolete and just irrelevant in society. But, you know, we're on our way. We're on our way. Um, I had, I had a couple of things to ask you. I had a couple of things okay. to ask you. Like, you've told me you're into Pearl Jam and stuff. Yeah. I think that the guests that we'll have on this show, I think they'll be able to reveal a lot about themselves by not talking specifically about just who they are, but the things that they're interested in. Right. Because it's always hard when you go and see someone and they say, right, here's the microphone, we're recording. Tell me who you are. Like, where do you even begin? Yeah. You know what I mean? But to find You know some- what's funny is that's probably where I start. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's Pearl Jam. Yeah. So I want you to tell me more about your love of Pearl Jam, but also a bigger thing. Say the sports that you're into and the teams that you support, because that will not only tell me probably where you're from, but it'll probably tell me the way that you were raised. Right. So please, the floor is yours. Well, I grew up um, I grew up watching indoor soccer. Really? Yeah. Right. Okay. The Tacoma Stars. And they had a player, uh, Precky, who's now an assistant coach with the Sounders in Seattle. And Kyle uh, Beckerman at one point, asked me about same thing about who i watched growing up and whatever and i said come stars really like watching precky i'd forgotten kyle played with him in miami really wow so he, you are really precky ended up playing until he was 40 and uh won the mvp of mls at 40 which is that's that's crazy. pretty special that's pretty special yeah. um and so i watched i watched them a lot when i was a kid i really liked uh the the seattle supersonics basketball and it broke my heart the day they left town. May they rest in peace. But Oklahoma City's getting what they're coming to them now, so. <laughs> okay. Um, and then it wasn't until um, the, the 2002, I had my wisdom teeth pulled and ended up watching uh, a lot of the World Cup games when it was in um, Korea and Japan. Uh, live at two and three in the morning, because that was when I would wake up when my, my okay. medication would wear off and I'd be in pain sitting and watching, you know, Cameroon play or whoever. And my mom would come out and be like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, Cameroon's playing Japan. This is a big it's, one. It is the big you one. Yeah, it literally is a big one. <laughs> and she thought I was all sorts of looped. But, um, but I remember watching the, the 99 World Cup and, and, and the 94, 94 96. When, when was it in the U.S.? 94, 96? Uh, 94. 94. 96 was European Championships. I think. Right, right. Uh, so 94, the World Cup, and then 99, uh, the Women's World Cup. Those were the first two really kind of distinct memories I have um, of really getting into soccer. And um, and then 2003, I ended up starting covering it. And so that really kind of devolves from the teams I support. But um yeah did, did you did you lose that edge as a supporter once you started working with it yeah it, it was it was 
it was really hard for me at one point uh I went to a Sonics game with my brother. They were playing Cleveland. LeBron's in town. It was a big deal. And I remember sitting with my brother in the stands and just like I forgot how to I forgot how to fan. I forgot how to be a fan. So so interesting. So with me, um I joined Manchester City's Academy at 10. Yeah. This was in 19 uh 95 96 whatever yeah it's not the same man city of now right it was a completely different club like i was the first signing when the academy as it's known now actually went over to that from a center of excellence so it wasn't great it was the type of academy where we'd lose most of the games city at the time i think we're just about to drop down to what it would class as the third division down right but i used to ball boy i used to go and wait for the team after um training sessions to get autographs i used to I was proper fanboy yeah. i was collecting all the old programs from before i was born in early 80s all this stuff then i went all the way through i played i loved it i don't think i really appreciated it at the time but i loved it then i left in essentially not a great situation yeah and i found it very hard for the next year two years to get as, as much behind the team as i was previously but then time passed again. And I think I'm becoming a fanboy again. Yeah? Yeah, I think I am. Like I'd always support the team not once guy, in a while. Not guys that you shared the locker room with though. There's only or, one or two there are only one right. or two left, so maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Maybe the fact that now I'm completely neutral to what that work working or I, I don't know anything about that working environment anymore. Right. Maybe that's become a thing. Like I always I always wanted them to do well. There's a point where I wanted my friends to do well. Yeah. But now that I, because I don't have the same links. It's like I'm, I'm back to being that kid again, and that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you know? like it's exciting when you're winning, when you're losing, like it hits me differently. Like, I don't, I don't need the stress. Yeah, why did I become a fan again? But yeah, that's that's where we have it. But thankfully, it's a lot easier to like be a fan now than when I was watching them uh, as a ball boy in '97, '98. When yeah. uh, when I say we're in the third division, losing to local sides, and it was it was it was special. Those times there, like you can basically break down life in many different ways to figure out how old you are but you can break down a city fan in terms of like were you there before or after they won the playoff final in 1999 I think it was mm-hmm. 1999 because if you were even to this day they could be 20 points clear at the top of the premiership and there's still some nagging doubt in the back of your head that uh-huh. things will go wrong whereas the ones who've come in more recently oh it's the best club the way they play yeah. the football the stadium the training mm-hmm. ground the coach everything's oh, it's incredible they're very fortunate. Let's just say that. See, I'm the same way with the Seahawks in Seattle. Really? Right. Because back in the 90s, they were terrible. They were a joke. Yeah. And then they turned a corner. They go to the Super Bowl in, in uh, 04, and then they win it in, in 2012. And that's the team that really took off and took everyone's yeah. – uh, er- You took Richard off Sherman, it. and they had, they had an identity. Yeah. Was that Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, was right. time, yeah. And and uh, and part of that identity was you either loved them or you hated them. Yeah. And uh, but for a lot of the Seahawks fans that are there now, they couldn't tell you the first thing about you know Rick Meyer or Cortez Kennedy or yeah. some of the guys they had back in the nineties. Yeah, exactly the same with Man City. Actually, some of the players have rightly, you know, the club have kept them along as yeah. legends and stuff. But most people that watch them now, like the global audience for City, Man City is far bigger than it was back then. Because for right. as much as they, the club has always been a big football club. It's always lived in the shadow of Man United, but the, you know the shadow's getting a bit smaller now. Right. But players from back then, I know them. What does it take to to overpass that? 
unfortunately, Manchester United, they're one of the biggest football clubs in the in history the of the game, right? right? To surpass it, you just, I suppose you just have to find their level of success, but they've almost exclusively owned the right to win the Premier League for the 20-something right. years it's been going. So maybe it's going to take another 10 years of yeah. almost pure dominance by City before they can be considered in the same way. Right. But, you know, it's not impossible, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, to um, finish off. Yeah. Just a bit of fun now, yeah? Okay. I'm going to ask you a few questions. For the record, I've not told Matt about any of these questions. Okay. Hopefully, they make sense and they're fun. Yeah. If they're not, we'll edit it. And this, <laughs> period, this section never came right. at all. Yeah? So... This is about sports. This is about music. Okay. My two biggest passions, probably the same for you. Yes. Would you rather be a big music star or a big sports star? I think a music star. And why is that? Uh, I think partly because I feel like it's something you could do a lot longer. Right. So you want longevity for Yeah. Okay. But you're talking about... Someone could be at the pinnacle of music for a long time. Ooh. See, that's tough because I was I was thinking about, uh, you know, Rolling Stones. Yeah, and they're on tour right now, and the Who, the Who's on tour right now, and that's a band that I really yeah. admire. And, um, but they're far from what they were before. Yes, but they're still very significant. But they're still significant, and they still. But just not with the younger society. Yeah. Ooh. I think part of part of the reason I'd want, I'd say music is because uh, part of the way my brain works is something will pop in there and I just need to write it down. Right. Okay. And and I feel like you could do that, but like if you come up with something, you know, if it's a move, if it's a mm-hmm. if it's a, a way out of 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 a situation or whatever, you've got to wait for it to come up before you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it just about makes sense. I'm sure lots of people listening don't have a clue what you're talking about, but to me, I think it makes sense. Okay. So to lead into the next question, I think which you've semi-answered now, based on your music response, if you could play any instrument or be any, like, you can be a, you could be a singer. Okay. You could be the lead singer. You could be lead guitarist. You could be anything that works within the process of making live music. Who would you be? And what would you do? Or rather, forget that. What would you do? Ooh, he's thinking. These must be good questions. If you're they are, they are. Um, Let it be known, you're kind of revealing your personality. Well, here. you know what's funny is if my my personality is probably m- most like a drummer. Really? But I don't think I'd want to be a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Um, so drummers, uh, you know, they're they're in the back, you know, and mm-hmm. they're but they're so. Integral to everything. And yeah, to yeah. to they, they, you know, I mean, they keep the time, and I think that's, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, kind of how I am, person, my personality. I don't think I'd want to be the, you know, the lead guitarist playing all the solos and all that. You know what? To be honest with you, it, uh, given my current skill set, mm-hmm. I'd say. Ooh. I would really want to be the guy on the soundboard, really, which is bizarre and that not is... at all like what you would think. But <laughs> but then you get a chance to really enjoy it and also be a part of it. That's that's really really interesting. It's not an answer I would have expected from you. But also, do you not think that um, drummers they're kind of like goalkeepers within football? Oh yeah, like they're so important, but they're also really weird. Yeah, like one of my best friends was, was slash is still a drummer, and he was always the really weird guy in the mm-hmm. band. 
in the same way a lot of the keepers I've come across yeah. they make no sense yeah they're, they're not normal human beings but then I suppose you kind of need to be that if people are actively kicking balls at you and yeah you, and you you live for that uh-huh. but you know each to their own Keith Moon from The Who that's the guy that he is if you want to know if, if you're into music and you want to know what goalkeepers are like just think of Keith Moon okay from The Who <laughs> um what did you say what I don't think you said it yet, but what is your favorite sport my favorite sport uh, growing up, it was always basketball, but I've been I've been so in, embedded in soccer for the last twenty years that it's become soccer. Okay, so you can relate this back to basketball if you want. Mm-hmm. But what would you say your f- if you could be the sports star now? What position would you play within a team? You can say soccer, or you can do basketball. It's completely up to you. Who do you want to be? This is going to probably sound like I'm kissing up to you, but I would probably want to want to be a center back. That's literally one of the weirdest answers. Because, <laughs> because I'll be honest, for me, yeah, the last position I'd want to be is a center back. Yeah. If I had the choice, I would be a striker. Yeah. Imagine, just imagine the joys of this. This, right. is, this has happened throughout my entire career as a professional. You're having the worst day of your life. Uh-huh. You're terrible. You yeah. couldn't control the ball if it was stuck to your foot. Like, right. But then you go and score in the last minute, you win the game. You're the hero. As a defender, your highlight reel at the end of a game is like kicking people and kicking the ball out of play. <laughs> right. Like, why on God's earth would you I, want to be a defender? I think, again, kind of it comes back to uh, a lot of things about my personality are more about, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably rather be the guy setting up the goal than the guy scoring goal. So don't be a defender then. Okay. I, don't, I don't set up anything, literally. <laughs> if you think about it as a defender. Yeah. If both sets of defenders on both teams play really well. Yeah. The game's going to be nil-nil. Yeah. The product dies. Yeah. Who wants uh, to the see... Pro- see, the product dying, I can't yeah. go who, with. Who wants to see that? Who but, wants to see that? But if I am... If I'm... Uh, if I'm a center back, right, and, I, and I'm and i going into a 60,000-seat stadium that's full on the road, right, yeah. and every one of those fans has to go home disappointed because their guy couldn't do anything... Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's that, fair. That's for fair. some reason, that's more appealing to me that's than fair. scoring the winning goal. That's fair. <laughs> I kind of get that. But I say I would still rather score the winning goal. But to yeah. put it, let's put it this way. So throughout all my years playing, again, as a professional, we do training sessions and sometimes we'll split off into different sections. So there's the defender section, there's the attacker section. Right. I always look up at the attackers. All they're doing is kicking the ball into the goal from this angle, from that angle, uh-huh. high-fiving each other. Woo! <laughs> this, is, this is the greatest day ever. Yeah. And then I look, and then I'm looking around next to my teammates, and like a ball's coming to the box. This is 100% it's, This is it. Someone's kicking the ball, like, no, get your body in the way. Let it hit you in the face. Right. Yeah, head that ball away. Now drop off. Now go and chase that ball in the corner. The striker's going to do this and run that, that way with him. Yeah. So we both finished the training session. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, I hit a few, a few hit me in the chest, in the face. You know, I stopped the ball going into the goal. Yeah. Whereas these guys are like saying, oh, that was like one of the best goals I've ever seen. The attackers, oh, this is incredible. What a great day. You know, I'm so confident now going into a game. It's just, it's nonsense. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of it. Right. Get those attackers to defend and get the defenders you, to attack. And, you, and you've spent a, a good majority of your training session being told what to do by a guy standing in the back yes. who's the weirdo. Yes, yes. Oh, there's a guy to your left. Oh, thank you. There's a guy to your right. Thank you. Like, what do you think about it? As a defender, there are no... There are literally no real, like, independent movements you make because everything is kind of based around what the striker's going to do. Yeah. Like, I came... Here are the two sides to see it. Yeah. So I came over here to the U.S. to play in MLS, and I don't know enough players to comfortably just go into a game and not have done research. Right. Yeah? 
as a defender because there was a time where someone was running at me and I didn't know whether he was right footed or left footed. So like, I don't know how to show him or whatever. Right. Like you have to defend him, but like, you don't know what their party piece is. Yeah. As an attacker, you can just come over and be like, well, that's a defender. That's the goal. I'm going to get the ball and put it in that goal. You know, like, how easy is that? How easy is that as an right. introduction into into a completely different league? But I say, I'm like, oh, this guy, is he quick? Is he strong? Is he got good? To... I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, my advice. And you've got to ask Justin, is this guy strong? He goes, yeah, 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 yeah dude, strong. Yeah, dude, yeah, 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 dude, yeah. Like, Compared yeah. to you, everybody's yeah. strong. <laughs> no, Justin, what a guy. But that, my advice to all young people would be start as high up the field as possible. And if you work your way back, then you do. But enjoy the times when you're up there and all you're doing is just kicking a ball into a goal. Because at some point, if you kick, like, I get closer to my goal than I do the opposition's goal. Sometimes it feels like I have a shackle on the halfway line. You know, that's not really that enjoyable. It's not that enjoyable. Like when people in this era do that whole social media highlight reel. Yeah. Like Messi's highlight reel could go on for like two days continuous. Uh -huh. If you if you did if you did one for me, <laughs> I guarantee you someone would complain to Instagram and get my account blocked because it would be that terrible. <laughs> oh, look look at that. He's he's tackled someone. I find this offensive. Get this off the screen. You know, that's how much nonsense there is. Um But you do have the one clip from training. The bicycle thing. No, 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 don't get me started. That's one of many. That's one of many. I know. Well, but you see how it's a positive. The one, the one that was videoed. For anyone that doesn't know, there was just a day when you know I got a bit bored at the back, so I decided to just go forward doing like an overhead kick into the goal. You know, it's just nothing, nothing too big. But you know, just to remind people that it's life in the old dog here. You know. But um, <laughs> again, with that, I've only got a couple more questions for you because okay. that I've obviously burnt your ears off as expected. The plan was twenty minutes, but that was twenty minutes ago. Right. Um. You have two options. Okay. Never listen to music again or never witness a sporting event ever again. That's on TV, that's in real life, that's everything. It's, silence on a podcast is always great. That, yeah, I, well, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking uh, it'd be really tough to go to a sporting event that didn't have music playing. Oh. But not during right. the actual event itself. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but then the fans singing. It, well, it's not, uh, it's not really music. That's just that's fair. That's just, uh, yeah. I don't think I could live without music. Really? That's what you're going for? Yeah, I think I think I'd. I think <laughs> this is this is every sporting event, anywhere, everywhere. Just nothing. Sport ceases to exist in your life anymore. Like sports. Like, like sports. Like sports were never a thing. Literally, or you couldn't go on and just run or whatever because that's technically sport. You'd have to walk everywhere. That's the type of sport you're talking about as well. Ooh. I yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to still say music. That's massive. I, I respect that. I respect your opinion, but you're a bit weird. But I respect. <laughs> that. Um, and now just two fun ones, okay. and then I'll then I'll call it a day. Um, because you are someone that's lived through several eras of music, right, and music creation. I've got two questions for you. I think I think you should know these, and maybe maybe some listeners might know these as well. Okay. No cheating. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this was once said. I can give you clues. Okay. But this was once said, and I want you to try and tell me what it was said about. Okay. okay. This is the product that will satisfy these young people who want to listen to music all day. I can give you clues if you need it. <laughs> see, see, my 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 first reaction is a Walkman. 
And that would be the answer. Is it really? So that's how we know you're older than Bill itself. <laughs> that is incredible. Because I just spoke to my sister. She's 20, uh, she's 24. Yeah. Or she's turning 24. And I mentioned the Walkman to her. Yeah. And she was like, ha ha, Walkman. Ha ha. <laughs> I said, like, oh yeah, you know, it's like just the mini disc came after. She's like, oh, mini disc. Is that like just a disc, but just like a smaller version of it? Like there's a real split in time yeah. here. And she's not even that young. Yeah. But you, my friend, that was a quote by Akio Morita, who was the chairman of Sony. Oh, really? Uh, can you guess the year? Oh, I would guess 84? No, 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 no. This is 1979. Wow. The same year that uh, Mr. 500, Nick Romano, was, uh, was born. That's right. That's a long, long time ago. And then the, <laughs> and then the final one? Yeah. I think you'd know this one because you seem very, like, pop culture from many generations ago who said oh what was the significance of this quote ladies and gentlemen rock and roll uh that sounds like something that would have been on um on uh the ed sullivan show or something with the beatles did you just keep talking keep talking till you get it right um I feel like that would would that be the introduction of the Beatles on American television? No, but you've got certain elements of that which are correct. Okay, but it's not to do with the Beatles. Okay, is it Ed Sullivan? No. Okay. Do you need some clues? Yeah, I do. That was from August first, nineteen eighty-one. Um, what does it have to do with Queen? No, you, you're being too specific. Okay. Yes. Is it... Ah, shoot. I keep thinking it'd be like a festival or something. No, no, no. Okay. No. I don't know. I, I I don't know that I can get this one. Okay. Well, those were the words which were uttered at the launch of MTV. Ah. There we go. So, with all that being said now, obviously I asked you these questions because you were a bit older. I am. If anyone is going to be a bit younger, I might have done something a bit more current, but being yeah. like, that's basically your lane around that. That's hundred percent my lane. Yeah. Then yeah, that's, uh, that's I it. like it. Yeah. I like it. Little bits of sneaky trivia. I was trying to, re- I was going to relate it to Ralph Salt Lake players, but like, because some of them are so young. Yeah. Big significant events. Uh, around that sort of time uh, I think a lot of big ones happened before they were born. What's great is, uh, there was a video us soccer put out a couple of years ago. Um, asking young players uh, about Y2K. <laughs> they had no idea yeah. what it was about. Yeah. we su- Listen, we survived it. We're still yeah. here. <laughs> we are still here. But um, my closing thing, I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, for coming and holding my hand through this very nervous first date of mine. Um, hopefully there'll be plenty more dates to come and oh yeah, we'll discuss things. And thanks to Ryan as well for silently judging me from behind the glass over there <laughs> i appreciate that and is there anything is there any music you're listening to at the moment that you'd recommend to anyone well again this is going to be kind of this not from 30 years ago right uh i just started listening well it just came out a little bit ago this guy uh that i've known of for a few years rain wolf he's a canadian guy he's open for black sabbath on tour he opened for the the who on their current tour uh open for the wu-tang clan um uh, just this Canadian guy that is his music. If you watch it on YouTube and listen to it on 
um, Spotify, iTunes, any of those. Uh, it's just different. And um, But I also, on the way over here, I was listening to uh, another band, that the same guy that turned me into to Rainwolf, this band Elbow from England. Oh, this band Elbow. This, you know, you know. Yes, I'm sure. of course, yeah. of course. But they're not, they're not as they're not prevalent over here. Okay. They're not big over here. Yeah. Um, but they did, a, they did a show, uh, or a, a, a live recording of their record, Seldom Seen Kid, at um, the Abbey Road, the studios at Abbey Road, mm. um, with an orchestra, which is, it was the first that I'd heard of the band was that show, and uh, it was one of the cooler shows I've ever seen. Yeah, that's uh, Elbow, are my best friend's favorite band. Really? And they always used to try and get me to listen to them, and I'd fight it because I thought, ah, it just sounds a bit like Aphex to it or something like that, and I'm right. like, nah, it's not really going to be my thing, but I actually listened, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm a believer now, I'm yeah. a believer. So for me, uh, this oh, and Black Ribble Motorcycle Club, I want to throw yes. that because I've seen them like 13, 14 times. Have I you? really like. Them, I yeah. saw them as well. They were on um, an enemy. Have you heard of Enemy the yeah. magazine? They were on a tour, like must have been late nineties, early two uh-huh. thousands, with. Do you remember Andrew WK? Uh huh. With him, and I went. To, <laughs> I went to that concert. As yeah. crazy as it may be, because the song, the the music I'd recommend right now. I'm currently listening to um, an album by Dreamville, Revenge of the Dreamers, which just came out on Friday. Okay. That's my hip-hop selection. Yeah. And for something a bit different, it's the Black Keys, Let's Rock. Yeah. Sensational. You, you told me that last week to it's check that out, and I listened to it on the drive to the stadium on but Wednesday. Thanks, anyway. Hopefully, I haven't sounded like I haven't done this before because I have done this before on your podcast and right. also on the Rethink podcast with Rachel Corsi and Erica Timray. And if you fancy a bit of different content, then definitely go and try out those two. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.